so you're going to kick it off talking about your parents. Oh, yes. Okay, so um, we got this question. Yes. Actually, from a young lady, and um, her parents are going through the divorce. I think, actually, I, I don't even remember exactly what the question is, but I think her parents are going through a divorce, and it's affecting her, and she just kind of wanted to hear about how I... Uh, went through that so I'll just kind of I wrote a blog if you haven't read it check it out it's on my friend's website theoptimisticdivorcees.com um, and I didn't write I mean I was featured on their blog and um, got pretty good feedback so check it out if you haven't it kind of details what I'm going to say right now which is that my parents divorced about um, how does I say eight years ago yep ish and that's a whole other story um and they were married for 25 years. I grew up in the church my whole life. My mom was a minister in the church. My dad uh, served in the church. Um, and so when they got divorced, you know, I grew up in a, again, a Christian household. Divorce was not an option. Um, and then my parents got divorced after 25 years. And so it rocked me. I always say this, um, but it rocked me to my core. Like my very being, I felt like, was like shaking. My foundation of who I was was shaken. By that time, Kevin and I had been married for two or three years. Yeah. Isaiah was pregnant. I mean, Isaiah was pregnant. I was pregnant with Isaiah. And so, yeah, we're probably married about two or three years by that time. So I was growing out the house. And it still, you know, affected me. Um, it impacted me quite a bit. Um, to the point where I felt like um, I started questioning love I started questioning marriage I started questioning you know my relationship with Kevin my marriage um fidelity fidelity I, a lot of things I mean everything absolutely everything was called into question because I felt like um you know I grew up in this perfect little bubble in a two-parent household with my, me and my sisters and we were all in the church my parents were going to make it to happily ever after and then they didn't and it was like my fairy tale world uh popped and I was exposed to reality and I had to deal with that and, um, yeah, so it made me question a lot of things and it was hard. It was very difficult. It took a long, it took a few years, a couple years at least for me to like fully accept and like fully transition and understand what was happening. Um, or accept is probably the better word to fully accept what was happening. Um, and I guess her specific question was, how did I get through it? And honestly, I recall going through a, um, because I like wore it. I felt like it was like always on me. It was very heavy. Do you think that? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I I went, we were at church and uh, my pastor was preaching about, oh, I can't think of her name right now. Oh, I can't think of her name. But anyway, he was telling me to like come up out of it. Um, if I recall the scripture. So Tabitha? That's exactly what came through my mind. It's exactly who came to my mind. I remember the message. You do? And he was telling, that's what he was telling me, to come Girl, up. Girl, get up. Get get up. And um, I know, that's funny. I was like, I think it was Tabitha, but I hate being wrong. So I don't, I'd rather not say it out loud. And I'll be wrong. loud and wrong. Yeah, he will. And sometimes uh, right. And, so, and most <laughs> of the time I know, but if I'm not 100% sure, I'd rather not say it out loud. But it absolutely was Tabitha. And, um... And that was a turning point for me. If, you, if you're going through something like that, I recommend reading that story. But he was telling me to get out, to get up and to get out. And, um, and I feel like while I may have come back a little bit, I never, actually, I don't even know that I really did come. I feel like that was a turning point for me. Yeah. Um, and I was able to really like, what I had to understand 
and it has freed me so much even to this very day is that their relationship is not my relationship. Mm. Their headache is not my headache. Um, their issues is not my issues. And while stuff still comes up, like still, um, I, I still have to recognize I have a family to uphold, to maintain. I have a life I have to maintain. And I can't own that and let it affect what I have going on in, you know, 7558. Like, I just, which is my address, dot, dot, dot. Um, I just can't. Please don't come right. us. I know, I know. <laughs> um, I just can't allow that to weigh so heavily on me that it affects what I have going on. And not to say that it didn't have an impact on me. Because like I said, it shaped me. Like as soon as I recognized my parents were getting a divorce. And that's what happened. Um, like everything about me changed. Everything. I would say about me changed. You agree? They're yeah. going to get on you because you keep yawning like you're tired. And you're I am tired. tired. But we are. That's not nothing to do with what you're saying. I'm just tired because I've been up all day and had to shoot something and edit and video and podcast. Did it? Um, and did it in bulk. And so, yeah, it was definitely difficult. It was definitely hard. It was definitely a life transition that it was a defining life transition for me. And it was a, it was a turning point. Um, oh, Kim has notes here. So, yeah, I, I became uh, more jealous. I've never really you can't really be a jealous person with Kevin because of like just the lifestyle that we live in that he's a public, you know, semi public figure. And he's dashing. And he's so dashing. Um, Did you let the people see you? <laughs> um, and so, you know, I... You know what happened, though? Timing was bad. Why? So that situation that happened that we talked about a couple times ago where I was texting that girl. Oh, right. That happened after your... Or not after, but at the same time your parents were separating and divorcing. Yeah. Uh, that situation happened where I was having inappropriate text conversations. And that probably... Ignited. Well, it, it ignited, and at the same time, you, I was doing that under the old Melissa. Mm-hmm. Like this probably won't bother Melissa and all that stuff. And there's no like, <clears throat> but you had become like almost overnight super. Sens- it wasn't. I, I don't really. Hes- I hesitate to say jealous. You weren't. Even, it wasn't even jealous as much as it was like you almost. It was a foregone conclusion for you for a while. I would disagree with that. No. I think it was jealousy. Well, it was jealousy, but I, like, you were more like, if this happened to my mom, mm-hmm. if my parents could be unfaithful to each other, then they, and Kevin's out there doing comedy, like, it's just a matter of time. No. But I, I wouldn't say it in those words. Okay. What I would say is that it wasn't a thought in my mind before. I was just so, like, openly trustworthy. I don't know, or blindly is probably yeah. I was so blindly trustworthy. Yeah. And then this happened and it was like, whoa, I kind of need to monitor what's going on. Yeah. Like, I have to temper how much I'm trusting because anybody can be exposed to this. Anybody can fall at any time. I mean, it happened to my parents. I never would have thought. And here we are. Yeah. So if it happened to them, it could happen. And so you just have to open your eyes, Melissa, be more aware, Melissa, recognize what's going on, you know. Yeah. And, and that's more, it wasn't just like I assumed, it was just, I had become more sensitive to the fact that it could happen at any, like you could cheat, someone could come, like you just, I would just be in a more of a position, people know my, he's married, he knows he's married to me, so why would they even try anything? 
And then it's like, hold on, there's heifers out here. <laughs> and they try stuff. So let, let a heifer try me. Yeah. Try so me. I had to open up my eyeballs. Yeah, I think you you became jealous. You questioned everything, and you thought it could happen to me. Absolutely, all at the same time, and 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 in that way, your your parents' divorce affected me, right? Because you know when you get married to somebody, this is one of the tips in our book that's we'll talk about later. Uh, you can't marry somebody expecting them to stay the same, and you can't marry you can't marry somebody expecting them to change, and you can't marry somebody expecting them to stay the same. And what I mean by the change is like, if, um, I don't know, if I have a bad habit or something like that, you'd be like, okay, if I get married, he's going he gonna to stop doing that. And you can't assume that. And then you also can't assume that this, this person that is, it's going to be the opposite. The one thing you want them to change, they'll do the same and they won't change. And the thing you would, like, I would have never expected this to happen with your parents. And then beneath that, I would have expected that happening to your parents to affect you in a certain way. Right. And it affected your sister's. Also, but I don't think they were married at the time. No. So I don't think their husband, like, uh, no, they weren't married at the time. So. I guess Nick may have been. She wasn't. She, she got married shortly thereafter, us, and they stayed married longer than. They weren't. I'm sure they were, actually. They were not. And they got married the same year we did. Exactly my point. And they were divorced, like, within a year. No, they weren't officially divorced. Oh, but they didn't live together and all that stuff. They had, they had nothing to do. Well, that was what I was trying to say. Well, technically, they weren't divorced. Well, technically, they were married. You know what I'm saying. But anyway, so the, the, your parents' divorce, um, I just never thought it would change you a certain way. Like, I feel like maybe I could have compartmentalized it, but I don't. now my parents had a rock, uh, rocky situation for a month. Mm -hmm. And then I was, like, I was like, okay. I totally understand. Because mm -hmm. when you're older, you feel like, you know, I'm, we were in our mid-20s, what, 23 or 25? Mm -hmm. 23 or 4. You think, like, I'm cool. Yeah. And you're not realizing, like, your base changing really has an effect. I was, Kieran was texting today. He was like, man, I'm back home in, in Houston. He had, like, all these family members and stuff. And I was like, you don't have that. Yeah. Like, when you're military, you don't have that. You know, people grow up in Springfield and they go back and everybody knows them in Springfield. Yeah. We don't even have a home like that. But in, in addition to like our parents moved, my parents moved and your parents moved. But then your parents' whole relationship changed and and a piece of you changed. Like along with that. So how did you like outside of the church, outside of that one message pastor spoke, what did you do like practically to distance yourself from... Um, I didn't do anything until that moment. Like, I felt like I was so... Like, if I can go back in time... Okay, so this would be my, like, piece of advice. So, for anyone going through any type of transition, especially if it has to do with your parents and you feel like it is affecting uh, your relationship and your home life, <clears throat> is don't own it. Right. Don't own it. And that's what I felt like I did. I felt like I own their situation. And that's what made, like, and it will affect you, obviously, because it's your parents or whoever. Um, but don't own their problem as your own. And that's where I feel like I messed up. Like, for a long time, I was wallowing in their divorce. And it's like, 
you know, they're still my, that's still my mom, that's still my dad. They're no longer together. Right. But my relationship with them doesn't necessarily have to change. And it, I mean, it was like my whole world was turned upside down. And it shouldn't ha- it should not have been. I mean, it should have affected me, but maybe not as long as it did because I was so badly like owning their 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 relationship and their issues and their problem and their divorce and just everything. And I shouldn't have done that. Do you think that's more of a reflection of your personality or just divorce? Um, it could be a reflection of my personality, but I feel like my sisters did too. Yeah, and we're all three very different. Um, yeah, that's true. We're all very very different. Um, but I feel like we all, to a certain degree, I mean, we would get on the phone and talk about it and, you know, it was, it was, um, I thought I was losing, and I was pregnant, so my emotions, actually, mm. I just had Isaiah, well, actually, I was pregnant, and then, of course, he was eventually born, and so your emotions are all out of whack, and it was just a lot. Yeah, it, it was, was a, a tough time. It was a, it was a lot. I mean, it was a lot to deal with. I feel like I couldn't sleep, and, like, my mind was going all the time, and, you know the way we found out, and it was just a, it was a it was a lot, and um, yeah. But now I feel like, well, like I said, stuff still happens. I don't feel like I own it as much as I used to. I'm able to live my life and go on with life, and I don't think about it on a daily basis. Like it took a long time to be able to say like my parents are divorced. Like yeah. to really like say that out loud in the midst of a conversation. Like it, it was it was. It took a long time for me to just feel comfortable uttering those words. And now I realize, you know, it's just a fact of life. People get divorced. It's just what happens. No, you don't want it. No, you don't like it. If I can go back and wish things were differently, of course I would wish things were differently. But the fact of the matter is, today is April 4th, Saturday, April 4th, 2015. And my parents are divorced. And it's okay. Yeah. I'm still living my life. Uh, I still... And it doesn't affect your current... It doesn't, it doesn't affect... affect your current... This is one thing that I used to tell you, and I don't know if this was right, but I felt confidently about it. I used to tell you that this is your primary family now. Yeah. Me, Zay Zay, and JoJo. I used to tell you you're so concerned about your mom and dad and your family that you're endangering your current family. Right. Which is your primary Focus. Did that have any effect on you? No, but... Or I don't know if it did. However... Absolutely not. No, no, no. But good shot. No, I was going to say... I mean, I don't know if it affected me, but it's absolutely great advice. Right. It's absolutely sound advice. Because I was so concerned with them, and they aren't here. No. They're not here. They're not with my boys. They're not with my husband. They're not here to... Make sure my bill, like, there's, they have no direct impact on what goes on in this house. So I can't get so caught up with what's going on over there. And I was so caught up with what was going on over there. So, yeah, my primary concern or my primary piece of advice when you're going through a, a transition like that in life is not, not try not to own what's going. Don't wear their problem on their sleeve. Don't own their problem. Don't try to fix it. I literally was like, I got to give this to God because mm. there was nothing, and I mean quite literally, <clears throat> nothing I can do to change the situation. As much as I wanted to, there was nothing I can do to change it. So I had to learn to accept it and then move on. Such is life. Such is life. Say la vie. So do you feel conveniently, I mean, confident that you have moved on? 
I do feel confidently that I have moved on. I don't own that situation. I don't, I've accepted it. It's cool with me. Um, but again, things still come up. Which uh, makes things complicated. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to navigate, especially when you have a close family. Mm-hmm. You had a very close, have a very close family. I have a very close family. One thing that's going on in my life that's not divorce related, but I'm a mama's boy and, um, and my mother and grandmother are very persuasive. Mm-hmm. And um, they want me to wanted me to come to Albuquerque. We had a show there. And you already had a weekend birthday plan <laughs> set aside. And my mom was Daddy like... Daddy totally shot out the water. I, I did not. But anyway, um, my mom was like, I want you to come. Can't you just come the day before? And when it comes down to it, if you got your wife and your mom, you got to go with the wife. Your mom can't. Your mom can be mad at you. She ain't giving up. I actually good. appreciate that he's always done that because that's not. It's not easy to do that. Nah, everybody don't be doing that. And everybody don't be doing that. But I've always looked at it. Who is giving out the hot pocket is the one I don't want mad at me. My mom lives in Texas. She can be mad at me. She'll be all right by Thursday. But if you're gonna be mad, I got a problem here. But I think that you know, outside of the sex part. As you grow and the Bible says you leave your mother mother and father and cleave, you have to do that. Yes. And that means that your parents no longer are numero uno in your life. I remember early in our marriage, um, your, your mom used to have foster kids and she wanted us to uh, babysit mm-hmm. uh, one of them and have them spend the night. And I was like, nope. <laughs> like, this was like year one. Yeah. And your mom is super persuasive. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, mom, can't do it. We will watch them. You can pick them up or we can drop them off. But they're not spending the night. And she was like, they are. And I was like, no, they're not. This is my house. I pay the rent. That baby ain't staying over here. She was like, fine. And I don't ask her for nothing. And blah, blah. <laughs> she got really mad about it. And he didn't spend the night. And then like a couple weeks later, she was like, you know what? I respect you for that mm-hmm. because it is your house. And you do have to protect. And that's what you have to do. with, um, And, you know, it's interesting. Protect. Because really, by allowing your parents' divorce to, like, weigh over you, you're not protecting your own home because you're alienating the people that you got to deal with every single day. So that was one life transition that we have. Do you feel confident that you got enough out of that? Mm-hmm. The next one that we wanted to talk about was when the man hated on your boy kept on stage and they fired you from the bank. They weren't hating, though. They were absolutely weren't. I was a terrible employee. Okay, so what did you tell me last night? Let's keep it 100. Let's keep it 100. You just want to call me Sears one time. You're a terrible employee. I was dreadful. The problem was I was able to coast so well at the previous job. Yes. And in this job, during this market, the housing market, coasting wasn't going to get done. And actually working was not in my interest. At all. So anyway... Kev was fired. Kev was fired. And then came to me and was like, so I don't really want to get another 9 to 5. I want to pursue comedy. And tell them what you said. <laughs> I, 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 what I said was, and you, you better agree, because this is real life truthful, is that I wanted you to be happy. Yep. But you also said. What? For now, you have to get that young 9 to 5. That's not true. We talked it. No, Kev, that's not true. No, what happened, here's what happened. Actually, what happened. I told you that I wanted to pursue my dream. And what you no. said. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm about to give you your credit. So just let me say it. Okay. 
He said, I want you to be happy. But I feel like in order to make this dream a reality, we have to plan. Yes, that is true. In order to happen. And it's not you getting fired and then saying, I want to pursue comedy. Right. It's, okay, I want to pursue comedy as a full-time venture. How do we get How there? How do we set ourselves up to make that happen? And part of that meant getting on unemployment for the time and looking for right, another job. Me, hold on. Pause right there. This joker got fired and then was like, his pride kicked in and was like, I feel like I shouldn't have to get unemployment. <laughs> I'm a very confident person and a very proud person. Really prideful. Ah, pride comes before the fall, so I don't want to accept that one. So going to the labor ready office with my two children. Kev was having a hard time. Was I was like, very difficult. Give them for a routing number and an account number, and they could just deposit. Direct deposit. It was very difficult for me. And Melissa was like, we are not young and childless. We got two kids. And a mortgage. And a mortgage. And bills that were per two-parent working. <laughs> this joker was like, uh, I'll just make it full-time on comedy. Mind you, I wasn't even doing comedy like even close to full-time at the time. At all. Or ever. It was ludicrous of me, really. But don't tell me I don't believe in myself. Because I was convinced if I could just do this, this, that, and that. But nonetheless, because um, it really was silly of me. But I was really like, if you don't think I can do comedy, then you don't believe in me. Like, you never told me that. I know. It's just thinking that. Oh. But at the same time, that was nullified very quickly because you were like reinforcing, I believe in your dream. I want to support your dream, but let's be practical about it. Mm-hmm. You easily could have said you are crazy and you're going to get this regular job and you got a family to feed. And comedy ain't paying the bills. And you would have been rightfully so. I know. I don't know why I didn't say that. That would have crushed my spirit. That was more like, that falls more in line with who I am. Maybe God gave you a grace. God gave us a grace. He gave you a grace. Because if you would have said that, it would have crushed my spirit. Yeah. Because I was like, I was broken. (laughs) I never had that, like, when I got kicked out of ROTC, I didn't care that much. Yeah. But getting fired with kids to feed and a mortgage to pay and no job prospects. At all. And the housing market suck. I was like, God I, gave us a grace. God gave us a grace. And that's why they say he that finds a wife finds a good thing. Because you, you simultaneously got me to do what you wanted me to do, which was get unemployment and get a job. But at the same time, had me believe in myself that I could, you know, that if we did X, Y, and Z, I could, I could work for myself. And we ended up being able to do it. Yes, we did. But here's the thing, ladies, because I think we have gotten a letter where um, a guy was trying. I think we did get a letter like that. And this is my, this is the best advice I can give. Because sometimes I think as Christians, we're naive and then we're dumb. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. Maybe I shouldn't say dumb, but really naive. Is, like we think that uh, walking out on faith means we don't have to plan and I don't really I don't necessarily agree with that I feel like part of the reason you know people a lot of times they look at our story and they think it was just as simple as um Kev getting fired and then you know bang bang boom 100,000 subscribers on YouTube and he's able to work from home and now he has his job with Russell Simmons it didn't work that way when we moved here and going back to when Kevin was fired, what and what I told him was, listen, follow your dreams, boo-boo. 
But again, we got kids to feed and a mortgage. And I'm not, my testimony, listen. I used to say Tyler Perry was homeless. Yeah, Tyler Perry was homeless, right? And I just feel like this is part of our story. Uh-uh, no, sir. Uh-uh. My testimony is not being homeless and living in a car. I'm sorry. My I job just, was not trying to make us homeless, though. No, but he was trying to prepare for prepare me for things could get really bad before they get really good. Right. And I was just like, not when you have a college degree. <laughs> I just feel like that's, no, not when you're an able working body and all you want to do is pursue a dream and you got built. Like, I feel like in between time of you pursuing your dream, if you have to work double shift to pursue, meaning a nine to five yeah. and then pursue your dream, guess what, brother? That's what you're going to have to do until one takes over the other. And that's what he did. And what we also did is we recognized, okay, the number one, what's the number one thing that'll prevent you from pursuing your dreams full time? Money bills okay so how do we make this make sense and so what we had to do was pay off stuff to, so that the income that we were receiving wasn't more than what was going out right. and that's just wisdom people that's just wisdom and then once you put yourself in a position that says okay god i've done my part kev's just not gonna walk off his job and make $500, and I got $1,000 worth of bills, Jesus, make a way. I got faith to believe, Jesus, make a way. No, people, that's foolishness, in my opinion. It's <laughs> foolish. Get your bills down. Do right by yourself. Do right by your kids and your family to say, okay, we need a plan of action that says, in order for you to full, uh, fulfill or uh, chase your dreams full-time, and for me to stand behind you chasing your dreams full time, we have to be put in a position to chase those dreams full time. And then once you're in that position, then you can step out in faith and say, God, OK, as long as this and this and this is paid, I know my household is taken care of. I can step out and say I'm, I'm ready to quit my job and I'm going to try to do this wholeheartedly and full time. Because then there's no animosity. You don't have to come home and your wife is stressed because the bills ain't paid. You ain't got food on the table. Your lights is getting cut off. That's not, that's foolish. In, in my humble opinion, <laughs> that's foolish, people. And it's not faith. I think it is. Faith without works. That's the works. I think it's foolish. And I think that we say it's faith. And I think we have to be or put ourselves in a position to walk out on faith. All right. And did that make sense? Yes. Do you agree with me or you know, do not? No, I, I agree go, with you. I might get hate mail on that, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, because, you know, people are going to say, no, you just got to walk out on faith. And, I, and I'm and i with that. And because we, listen, we moved. Oh, okay, this is faith to me. I told you guys we had to pay off a bunch of stuff. Kev eventually got a job. Um, after he, he did the comedy thing for like a year, year and a half, whatever the case is. And then we both got jobs at Bowen. And Kev, Isaiah got the job, or got the movie. Kev came back and was like, we're moving to California. At that time, we had paid off everything. We saved up some money. And then when we moved out here, we were able to do it on faith. And God opened doors for us, but we weren't hurting while we were here. California is brutal. Hmm. To you and your dreams. Man. If you come out here and you don't have a plan and you don't have the financial ability to make it for a while, you will go, you'll be back at home because it's brutal. It's expensive out here and it's real life out here. It's very competitive. You're once amongst 
however many. So you have to put yourself, you have to be smart. You have to use wisdom. You have to put yourself in a position to say, okay, God, I'm, I want to move to where we want to move to California and we got two kids. You still have to be responsible with, you know, the lives of these other people that are depending on you. And that's how you're able, and that's how we were able to get into this position. Kev was able to work from home uh, for a while when we first moved here. He wasn't, and we weren't making the same money, as a matter of fact. We weren't making the same amount of money we were making um, when we both worked at Boeing at all. And our rent was more expensive. Double and the mortgage. Double. And I just honestly feel like it was grace. It was God, like literally, I feel like it was God's grace that allowed us to make it that far on no, Kev wasn't doing nothing. Let me fix my hair. Kev wasn't doing nothing but YouTube. And I just feel like it was God's grace that allowed us to make it that far. But it was because we didn't have a demand on our pocket of all these extra bills because we had paid everything off. Right. I hope that's making sense to me. Well, the one thing that you said that you kind of glossed over is um, <clears throat> while I was working full time at Boeing, I was also coming home and doing videos. Yeah. For Zay JoJo, and my own channel for like a year. The whole time I was at Boeing, Building I built my... Audience. So <clears throat> so that allowed me to be able to um, even not work when I got here. And, and the other thing is, this is something my dad taught me. And I don't know how we started talking about finances, but my dad has always taught me and Melissa's parents to say, live beneath your means. Yeah. So when I did <clears throat> get this job... Um, I didn't go out and get nothing. No new car, no new... You didn't get a new car? No, no, no. I got the car before I got the job. Oh, okay. I got the car in March. Okay. And we, I didn't get that job until September. September. But no no rims, no trips, no bigger place, none of that stuff. And you put the money away. Because just the other thing about this business and life, it can go away. Right. And when this goes away, or if this goes away, if if if... You know, whatever happens, I can be like, okay, I still got my other stuff. Or if you want to stop working, mm -hmm. like that's the eventual goal. Yeah. But that meant when I got this job, I still do YouTube, do the podcast, still do stand-up comedy. You still work right. to keep yourself in a position that, because what we tend to do as people is you get money, you go out and get a new car, yeah. you match your bills to whatever new money you made, right. credit cards or whatever. So you don't really make any new money. Right. You only really see the benefit when you... Um, keep your means low, right. you know, or whatever. So, um, we start talking about money because it's the number bill money bills. That's the number one dream killer right there, man. Listen, that's the number one. So you have to be wise. You have to be smart about it, especially when you're considering chasing your dream. We're in a position or not in a position, but we're doing something right now. Well, I don't know. I can tell people, yeah. um, <laughs> I I like money stuff. I'm kind of a dork that way. So we're we should doing, do a whole financial episode. We should. So we're doing a um, a snowball is what it's called. And so I'm trying to pay off. I have like three bills that I want to pay off right now because eventually I want to get to a point where I don't have to work and I can't. I really at some point in my life want to do like a women's conference similar to what we did for the women only thing. Um, at some point, um, but in order to do that, I recognize. Um, I have to put myself in a position to do that. So we're making sacrifices now where we're putting extra money. You know, I paid off one thing, you know, a few, like a year earlier or whatever. My next goal is to pay off my car. That'll be 
probably about a year early and then you pay you know so i'm making these plans to do this so you sacrifice on a monthly basis where you don't have that extra money in your pocket but i know i have a bigger goal of what i want to do you have to and then i can walk out on faith and say okay god i've put myself in a position now god can meet me and say you can walk into whatever he has for me to walk into but i'm i'll limit myself because i don't have the money i don't i don't have you'll be stressed your kids would be stressed, your husband would be stressed, your marriage would be stressed. Like, what's the number one? Listen, the number one romance killer is, is money. Yeah, because you ain't trying to smash when you got the lights are off. It's just not Because you can't turn them on, not because you're about to have sex. You're just like, I So, can't yeah, I really, do, I really do think you have to. You know, as a matter of fact, when, um, I don't know if I'm going to find it right now, but um, he died in a car in the, not the car, the um, airplane. You drank all my water. Sorry. Uh, what's his name? Whole family. Miles Monroe? Miles Monroe has a quote. And he talks about... And I was like, oh my God, I've been saying this for years. <laughs> and he talks about uh, faith is not mutually exclusive from planning. I think... It, or the quote is something along those mm, lines. That's good. And that... That's pretty much my... I, I wish I could find the quote. I'm not going to find it. It's on my Facebook. And I reposted it. And I was literally like... I've been saying this for years. Just because you have faith... Does not exclude you from planning. Yeah. That's, that is good. And that's the point I'm trying to make here. That you can't just... Walk out on faith... And expect God to meet you. And you haven't done your... Your part. Your due diligence. So... <clears throat> We were talking about um, as part of the transition. Yeah, and and that's you know those are some of the transitions that we we dealt with 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 divorce and me losing my job and eventually getting my job. Do you want to talk about kids for a little bit? What about how that changes stuff? Yeah, I mean, obviously they change things. You had another person; they're going to be pulling for your attention. They're going to be vying for your attention. It's no longer just the two of you. Kev just told me that. Um, what did you just tell me? That you were jealous of the kids because I couldn't. He used to do plays and I used to stage manage the plays. She was so good, man. She was so good. And then when Zayza was born, it was all downhill. She was like, I got to stand with this baby. And I was like, put that baby in the cage. <laughs> but I'm going to say what I want to say. Here's one thing that you have to do because <clears throat> you'll have kids and then your kids will leave. And what you can't afford to do is lose yourself in the time. Lose yourself or the relationship? Use your, yeah, lose your relationship, not yourself. Lose your... You're actually, you could probably do both. Lose yourself and or your relationship. Um, <clears throat> and the kids, that's one of the reasons we're sending our kids away. And also to save on daycare money. <laughs> um, but, um, but we read a quote talking about... Um, man, I wish my memory was better to be... I know, we got to have a doctor talk about that. I need that. some ginkoba. Um, you'll know what you invested in your marriage when your kids leave. Mm. So remember that quote we were talking about. So you'll because as soon as the kids leave, if you're looking at a stranger, it's because you didn't invest in each other. Right, the kids were in the house, and that's when divorces happen. And it's very difficult for Melissa to let the kids go, even for one night. It is very difficult, and it's very because I feel like an ir. I feel like an irresponsible parent. Um, but I have to temper it because I, I like going out on dates with Kevin, but Kevin has to be tempered too. Because Kevin will get to, will try to have a babysitter every single weekend. It ain't that. And I once a month, you should not have your kids. 
At yeah, all. but the, so next week's episode, we're gonna you guys are gonna have a kick out of that whole episode probably. But we talked about Vegas and Chicago, and they were back to back. Yeah, but it's not like that all the time. Yeah, but I just really and the kids are in school. I just really feel like that's irresponsible. Espe- but what are you gonna be responsible to your husband? Let's not. <laughs> so anyway, that was the point there. You know, you're gonna go through life's transitions. Um, work, you know, be there to work through them together. Recognize that no one's going to stay the same. And what did you say? No one's going to stay the you same. Can't marry somebody expecting them to change. You can't marry somebody expecting them to stay the same. Exactly. You got to be prepared for both. Because I guarantee you, man, as you get you you age and get older, you are going to change. And you just have to. That's part of the joy of marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, because we've been together for fourteen years, married for almost eleven. You're a version of yourself, but you're not the same person I married. Right. And I'm not the same either. I mean, that's the core of me. You're the core, the core. For sure. But um, <laughs> definitely, I'm, I know I'm definitely a different person. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. That about does it. Uh, Melissa's socials. You can find me at uh, Miss Kev on stage on Instagram. And you can find me on Facebook. And Miss Kevin Sage on Twitter. I never tweet, so don't even bother. Kevin Sage, everywhere I go, everywhere I be. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr. But I don't be on Tumblr. Oh, you got a Tumblr? No. I I actually have a Tumblr. And, um... You be looking at Nick Jonas? Asked me last time I was on it. Hmm. Also, if you're interested in us coming to church, email me. Kevin Sage at Gmail or KevinSage.com slash booking. We'll see you next week. All right.